Welcome to HRpreneur. I'm Jim Duffy. From Main Street to your street, the HRpreneur podcast is centered around helping small businesses like yours gain the knowledge you need from HR, payroll, and hiring to time, taxes, benefits, and insurance. Today, we're going to focus on complying with minimum wage obligations. Compliance with these regulations can be complicated by the fact that certain myths have developed about minimum wage. So we have Meryl Gutterman here on the show today to help us debunk some myths about the minimum wage. Meryl is Senior Counsel with ADP's Human Capital Management Group. Meryl, welcome back. It's always great to have you on our podcast. So before we get into the myths, uh, can you please provide some background on the minimum wage as it stands today, but also during this segment, I'm going to take some notes that you and I can recap at the very end. Okay, so we'll start. Can you please provide some background on the minimum wage? Absolutely. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here today. I always love debunking myths, so happy to give some background and address these myths. So for background, the minimum wage is defined as the lowest wage that's allowed by law. So for example, under federal law, non-exempt workers are entitled to a minimum wage of $7.25 per hour. And that means that each non-exempt employee has to be paid at least $7.25 per hour for each hour that they work. The federal minimum wage has been $7.25 per hour for more than 14 years. Um, However, during that period, there have been many states and local jurisdictions that have enacted minimum wages that exceed the federal minimum wage. Uh, For instance, the state of Washington has the highest minimum wage right now at $15.74 per hour. And the District of Columbia, which technically is not a state, but its current minimum wage is $17 per hour. And then among cities in the United States, West Hollywood, California, has the highest minimum wage that applies to all industries, and that's currently $19.08 per hour. And then some cities have even higher minimum wages, but they may only apply to certain industries. So, for example, in Santa Monica and Los Angeles in California, currently they have a minimum wage of $19.73 per hour for hotel workers. That's a great segue. Uh, Our first myth is, Meryl, if the federal, state, and local minimum wages all apply to an employee, the employer must pay the average of these three rates. Is that true? No, that is a myth. So let's set the record straight on that. Uh, The truth is that if more than one minimum wage applies to an employee, the employer has to comply with the rate that's most generous to the employee. So for example, if the state Minimum wage is $9 per hour, and the local minimum wage is $11 per hour. Then the employer has to pay its non-exempt employees who work in that city at least $11 per hour, since it's higher than the state minimum wage of $9 and higher than the federal minimum wage of $7.25. The next myth I'd like you to debunk is, if an employer is based in one jurisdiction, but the employee works in another, the minimum wage where the employer is based applies. Sure. Let's clarify that one as well. So in most cases, it's the minimum wage where the employee works that applies. So for example, let's say an Arizona-based employer hires an employee to work remotely from California. The California minimum wage currently is $15.50 per hour, and that's the wage that would typically apply to the employee as opposed to the Arizona minimum wage of $13.85. But don't forget that if the California city where the employee works has a higher minimum wage than $15.50 per hour, then you're going to need to pay them at least the city's minimum wage. So, Meryl, let's look at our third myth, which is employees aren't entitled to the minimum wage for non-productive time. For example, 
uh, the time spent in traveling or training. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, under federal law, hours worked includes not only productive time, which is the time spent actually working, but also certain non-productive time, things like rest breaks, travel time, and training time. So for non-exempt employees, all of this time must be compensated at a rate no less than the highest applicable minimum wage. So if the employee's normal wage is $15 per hour and the highest applicable minimum wage is $11.50 per hour, you can pay the employee at least $11.50 per hour, but not lower for the time that they spend in training or traveling or for any non-productive time. But if you decide to pay your employee less than the normal wage, it's a really a best practice and a requirement in certain jurisdictions also to notify your employee in writing of that separate rate before they engage in any non-productive work. So the next myth is one that I find very interesting. Um, and the myth is this that employers can deduct from minimum wage workers' wages for the costs of supplying and cleaning uniforms. Right. That is a myth. So let's debunk that one as well. So under federal law, deductions from a non-exempt employee's wages for uniforms and any associated maintenance can't bring the employee's pay below the minimum wage. And also, employers can't require employees to pay for these costs without reimbursement if it were to reduce the employee's pay below the minimum wage. But the requirement with respect to maintenance of uniforms wouldn't apply if the uniforms are made of wash and wear material, if they could be routinely washed and dried with other personal garments, and if they don't require ironing or any other special treatment. All that said, there are some states that completely prohibit employers from requiring employees to pay for any uniform costs, even if the employees paid more than the minimum wage, so it's really important to check your state law to make sure that you're complying up with their requirements. Great. That's a lot of great information. Here's another another unique one. What about deductions when there is a cash drawer shortage? Let's say you own a small retail shop and the cashier's drawer is $20 short again. Can you deduct that $20 from an employee's pay? Not if the employee is paid only the minimum wage. Um, as with deductions for uniforms, deductions for cash draw shortages can't bring a non-exempt employee's pay below the minimum wage under federal law. And then also, some states also prohibit or place restrictions on these types of deductions. So you also, again, want to make sure you're checking your state law to ensure compliance. That makes perfect sense. And Meryl, you know, we know that many ADP clients have businesses where tipping is customary. So I'd like to ask if you could please uh, bust a myth related to tipped employees. One of the myths I hear is that if a tipped employee's cash wages and tips don't meet minimum wage, employers aren't required to make up the difference. Okay, yes, let's debunk that myth as well. So if the employee's actual direct cash wages and tips don't meet or exceed the minimum wage, then the employer has to make up the difference. So under federal law, Tipped employees have to be compensated at least $2.13 per hour in direct cash wages and up to $5.12 in tips per hour. And those can be implied towards meeting the federal minimum wage of $7.25 per hour. That's known as the tip credit. But keep in mind, too, that some states and local jurisdictions require a higher direct cash wage for tipped employees or prohibit tip credits entirely. So check your applicable law to ensure your compliance. Meryl, the final myth I would like you to bust today is if you pay an employee a salary, you never have to worry about the minimum wage. Is that true? 
Right. That is absolutely a myth as well. So no, that's not true. The first thing to remember is that just because you pay an employee a salary, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're exempt from the federal minimum wage and overtime. In order to be exempt from these requirements under federal law, an employee must satisfy certain salary and duties tests. And if the employee doesn't satisfy all of these tests, then they would still be entitled to the minimum wage and overtime under federal law. So when if an employee doesn't meet both the salary and the duties tests, the employee would be classified as non-exempt under federal law, even if you chose to pay them a salary. And if this is the case, then the salaried non-exempt employee has to receive a salary that's large enough to pay them at least the minimum wage for each hour worked. And they would also be entitled to overtime whenever they worked more than 40 hours in a work week under federal law. Uh, keep in mind also that several states have their own tests for exemption, and some of these tests have higher salary requirements or different duties tests that the employee would need to meet. And then some of these states have exemptions that apply to overtime but not to minimum wage. And in these jurisdictions, even if the employee met all the tests for overtime exemption, the employee would still be entitled to the applicable minimum wage for each hour worked under state law. And then any salary paid to the employee would need to take that into account. Well, Merrill, this brings us to the end of this episode. As always, thank you for joining us, and we greatly appreciate what you've shared. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, I took some notes during our, our conversation here. So if I may just go through my notes here and um, just keep me honest, okay? So the first, first one is the federal minimum wage is $7.25 per hour. Uh, but many state and local jurisdictions have higher minimum wages. If more than one minimum wage applies to an employee, the employer must comply with the rate most generous to the employee. And with limited exceptions, the minimum wage where the employee performs the work applies, including when, excuse me, including when an employee works remotely. Non-exempt employees are entitled to at least the minimum wage for non-productive time, such as rest breaks, travel time, and for training time. Another note here are about deductions from a non-exempt employee's wages. For uniforms and cash drawer shortages must not bring the employee's pay below the minimum wage. And some states prohibit or further restrict employers from making such deductions, even if the employee is paid more than the minimum wage. Uh, and uh, second to last one here, if a tipped employee's direct cash wages and tips don't meet or exceed the minimum wage, the employer must make up the difference. And the last note I took was about some uh, simply paying an employee a salary doesn't necessarily mean they are exempt from the federal minimum wage. How'd I do? You did amazing. You got all good. that all perfect. All good. Okay, terrific. Thank you, Meryl. Presented by ADP, HRpreneur focuses on the entrepreneurs and business drivers who are shaping the growth of their companies and positively impacting the lives of their employees. With each episode, we'll bring the experts to you. We'll answer your questions and help you think beyond today so you can discover more success tomorrow. As always, thanks for listening to HRpreneur. Be well, and we hope you'll join us again soon.